Hollywood, the makers of Hallmark greeting cards, bring you Gregory Peck in Carl Sandburg's The Prairie Years on the Hallmark Playhouse. Each week, Hallmark will bring you Hollywood's greatest stars in outstanding stories chosen by one of the world's best-known authors, the distinguished novelist, Mr. James Hilton. Good evening, ladies and gentlemen. This is James Hilton. On our Hallmark Playhouse tonight, we dramatize for you a story which is not only enshrined in every American heart, but has also been told in one of America's best-loved books, The Prairie Years by Carl Sandburg. This book forms a part of that great biography of Abraham Lincoln to which Carl Sandburg devoted many years of his life and which has become a classic in the literature of our time. And there could be no higher praise of it than to say that it is worthy of its subject. Perhaps sometime someone will study the effect upon a writer of writing a great man's biography. For on the one occasion I met Carl Sandburg, I couldn't help thinking that something of the humanity and at the same time the humility of Lincoln had entered his own personality. The Prairie Years tells the story of Lincoln as a young man, a story in which the shape of things to come is nobly foreshadowed. And we are especially privileged tonight to have with us, taking the part of Lincoln, one of Hollywood's most distinguished actors, Gregory Peck. And now, thank God, may we have a word from you? Yes. Hallmark Playhouse, presenting Carl Sandberg's The Prairie Years and starring Gregory Peck. gypsy that look out his own horizons from which at any time another and stranger wander song may come calling and take the heart. They're luck hunters and luck. Is it yonder, over the horizon, over yonder? Is there a calling and a calling? The pioneers so often are believers in luck out yonder. Such was the pattern of my prairie The mystery of imagination, of reconstructing and piecing together today the things my eyes saw yesterday, has always absorbed me. When I was seven, a hoot owl crying in the branches would call me from my bed. And I'd go to look up at the high riding quarter moon and the white shine of thin frost on the long open spaces of the sky. I'd watch the moon and wonder what it could tell me. And I'd fancy there were voices that I couldn't quite distinguish. And I'd wonder what they were saying. know now what they might have told me that winter I was seven. Abe Lincoln, 16,000 wagons came along one turnpike in Pennsylvania today, heading west. Abe Lincoln, the first steamboat curved into the Ohio River today and landed passengers at Louisville. Abe Lincoln, there are steady lines of ships, long lines bringing 
saw yesterday. The tricks and whims of the skies, the creeping vines of ivy and wild grape, the ways of snow, rain, drizzle, sleep. My own axe biting into sugar maple and sycamore. For six and seven months of each year I grew, my feet were bare against the bareness of the earth. It may be the earth communicated to me then in her own tough gypsy slang one or two knacks of living worth keeping. And somewhere, too, along those years of my growing, I discovered books. Books that lighted lamps in the dark rooms of my gloomy hours. Over and over I'd say to myself, someday... The time will come when I'll be free from work for a few weeks or a few months, and then I will read. Please, God, then I will read. And so I grew, surviving loneliness, monotony, floods, forest and prairie fires, snake bites, horse kicks, chills, fever, malaria, and milk sick. We were living in Goose Nest Prairie in the southern part of Coles County when I reached my majority and was lawfully free to go if I chose. You're really going, are you? Oh, yes. I have to get out on my own sometime. I better be at it. Where you hit? New Salem. man named Denton Offit said he'd give me a job. Well, I'm sure I wish you luck at it. You can come back as soon as you wasted enough time to suit yourself. I'd better see to the stuff. Hey, I tried to stay out of the way. I wanted him to have his time alone with you. I'm going to miss you. Oh, lady. Lady. You have no idea how I'm going to miss you. The house is going to seem mighty empty without you, Hayden. But it's time you were getting on. You've got a lot to do in the world. Well, I don't know what yet. You'll find out. You're going to make your mark. I hope I can make you proud of me. I'm proud of you now, Abe. Bless you. Bless you. God keep you. with my belongings wrapped in a handkerchief bundle and tied to a stick over my shoulder, I was on my way to New Salem. I floated a canoe down the Sagamon River, going to a new home with laughter and youth in my bones and in my head a rag bag of thoughts I could never expect to sell. As soon as I got there, I went right to work at Denton Offit's store. Well, Abe, the shelves look pretty good. Uh, let's check through the stock. Is that a lady's bonnet, that thing with a feather? Must be. I can't imagine a man wearing it. <laughs> Isn't it awful what women will put on their heads? <laughs> oh, good morning, Jim. Good morning, Denton. Yeah, I'll uh, make you acquainted with my new clerk, Abe Lincoln. Hey, uh, this is Mr. Rutley, one of the town leaders. Howdy. Nice to know you. You coming to the barn dance tonight? I sure am. Fine. <laughs> Oh, the beauty of the things my eyes saw yesterday. Yeah. 
pleased to meet you at last, Miss Rutledge. At last? Well, I knew I was going to meet you, but I didn't know when. You knew you were going to... Oh, my father here told you you'd meet me. No, not your father. My stepmother told me I'd meet someone like you. Oh? Would you... Would you like to join in the dancing? I'd love to. Oh, come on, then. moment, James Hilton will return to present the second act of Carl Sandburg's The Prairie Years, starring Gregory Peck. Now we present act two of Carl Sandburg's The Prairie Years, starring Gregory Peck. Yes, the mystery of imagination, of reconstructing and piecing together today the things my eyes saw yesterday has always absorbed me. When I was 22, a hoot owl crying in the branches could still call me from my bed. And I'd stand watching the branches of the trees register their forks and angles in flat black shadows over the white flat spread of moon silver on the ground. I'd look up at the moon wondering still what it could tell me. And I'd still fancy there were voices that I couldn't quite distinguish. I know now what they might have told me that spring I was 22. to the Illinois legislature. Now I was to leave New Salem and Anne Rutledge. We're all going to miss you, Abe. But we do wish you good fortune at Vandalia. Oh, thanks. You must be excited. Yes, but I'm sorry to leave New Salem. Oh, my goodness, you'll be back. Have you heard anything from your betrothed? Mr. McNeil? No. But you're still engaged to him. Well, the understanding was that as soon as he visited his family in New York, he would come back and leave him now. You... You love him, don't you, Anne? I don't know. You 
don't know. Father says I'm very fortunate to get a man like that. Handsome and well-situated. But I don't know, Abe. You see, this isn't the way I dreamed it when I was young. And it's hard to change dreams that have grown up like you. What is your dream of? I dreamt of someone young and full of laughter. I dreamt of someone of ambition, purpose. Would let me love him and help him. Someone not necessarily handsome. Although, of course, I would think he was handsome. Someone strong, kind. Well, could he... Could he have been interested in... In, in books and, and... law and, and government? Oh, he could have been indeed. Well, could he have been newly elected to the state legislature? Uh, don't answer that. I... I shouldn't have said it. I had no right. Oh, Abe, yes, he could have been newly elected to the state legislature. It isn't much of a description of John McNeil, is it? But it's... It's what I've been dreaming of all the time I've been waiting for Mr. It's a beautiful night. Yes. It's beautiful. What do you suppose the moon thinks about looking down on the whole world as she does? She's as wise as she's made out to be. She must be thinking now. There's a man who lost his heart a long time ago. But what's the poor fool going to do about it? Perhaps I can Right to Mr. McNeil. I, I have no money. I'm deep in debt. Money can always be earned, Abe. And do you... Do you really mean Oh, Abe, it? you must have known. Everyone says it's written all over my face whenever I look at you. Oh, Anne. 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 Wait! Put me down before Father comes. Uh, you you write to McNeil and I'll go to the legislature. And, and by this time, the dear old darling... in the legislature. I introduced a bill limiting the jurisdiction of justices of the peace. I introduced a bill to authorize a toll bridge across Salt Creek. I offered a resolution relating to a state revenue to be derived from the sale of public lands. I worked steadily, constantly, joyously, my eyes and my heart on the future. I'd win the world and lay it at her feet. In the spring, I went back to tell her this. Is we're going to be mighty pleased to have you in the family. Well, thank you, sir. In the fall, Anne is to go to a young lady's academy in Jacksonville. And as soon as you have sufficient money to start out, you can be married. The things my eyes saw yesterday, August of that same summer came. Corn and grass stunted of growth for want of rain. There was a scarcity of birds, a dry parchedness on the lips and on the land. And then, malaria. If I'd known. Oh, darling, darling, you, you look I'll so... I'll be better in a day or two. I've been making plans while I've been here. 
Every day I'm going to walk to your office with you. And then I'm coming back and get the house in order. And then the boys and I... Boys? Our sons. Oh. And then the boys and I will go on a picnic. Or fishing. Or maybe we'll hold a row of beans. While we do that, we'll plan your dinner. And? Now you're going to have to build a big fireplace. Because the boys will want to be in front of it all the time. And so will you and I. And... And we'll sit in front of that fire every night. Growing old. Growing old together. It will be like that one. Oh, darling, say you believe it. Believe it. Of course I believe in it. It was spring just a day ago. We've had so little time. So little time. But we have the long years ahead. Abe, if this should be all, if these few days of spring should be all, I want you to know how happy I've been loving you. And knowing you love me. Oh, Anne. If it should be all, it was still worth all the years I lived to find you. In the last few moments of my lifetime. My dear. My dear. One 
itself cannot stand. I do not Our fathers brought forth upon the continent a new nation, conceived in liberty and dedicated to the proposition that all men are created equal. Abe Lincoln, there are 10 million white people in the United States and about 2,300,000 colored slaves. Abe Lincoln, you are blood and forever in this country. You will know these things better in the years to come. Gradually, as I sat there staring at the sky, an old-time order of control came back to me. I knew I'd changed, and I knew also that I'd keep to myself the grave mystery of the change. I knew that I'd go on somehow. I'd go back to my law, back to politics. But although a girl was gone, in a lifetime I would never live was buried with her. Another love was still left me. America. In one blinding moment of vision, a nation seemed opening before me. The nation that must be for all. The proud realization of a dream of freedom and liberty. So I left her grave. I went out of the burying ground, back into the world, and started on my out yonder. Over the horizon. Over yonder. Is there a calling and a calling? The pioneers so often are believers in luck. Out yonder. Such was the pattern of my prairie year. Hilton and Gregory Peck will return. Here again is James Hilton. It's been a rare privilege tonight to hear the story of a great man as recorded by a great writer and played by a great actor. On behalf of all our Hallmark family, our sincere gratitude, Mr. Gregory Peck. Thank you, Mr. Hilton. I can't think of a greater honor for an actor than to play the immortal Lincoln. And to play him as he was drawn by a writer and historian as great as Carl Sandburg. Lincoln's life and work is full of meaning for all of us. It has served to show that no matter who we are or where we come from, each of us can have a purpose, a message, a contribution to make to improve the world we live in. It may be a great work, a crusade, or just a simple word of cheer, a thoughtful expression. Each of us, in our own way, can find a means of expression that can help us and the people around us to live a happier life. And I might say that your fine hallmark greeting cards serve very well as an everyday means of helping to do that. Thank you and your Hallmark people for inviting me here this evening. You have made this a memorable evening for us, Mr. Peck. We shall certainly listen to you on your Prudential Hour program in the near future. And we'd like to remind you to listen with us next Thursday when we present one of the great love stories, Smiling Through, starring that fine and deservedly popular actor, Lou Ayers. And the following week, Mr. Hilton, I understand Hallmark Playhouse will do your own story, Random Harvest. Yes, and with a very brilliant star, Miss Joan Fontaine. And the week after that, Edna Ferber, so big, starring Virginia Bruce. Our Hallmark Playhouse is every Thursday. Our director-producer is Dee Engelbach. Our music is composed and conducted by Lynn Murray. And our script was adapted tonight by Gene Holloway. 
So until next Thursday, then, this is James Hilton saying good night. Look for Hallmark cards that are sold only in stores that have been carefully selected to give you expert and friendly service. Remember, Hallmark cards, when you care enough, do send the very best. Gregory Peck may currently be seen in the 20th Century Fox picture, Yellow Sky. This is Frank Goss saying good night to you all from the Hallmark Playhouse. This is CBS, the Columbia Broadcasting System.